Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. Happy New Year! I am so excited that I get to preach on the first Sunday of a brand new year. Woo! You know, I get towards the end of December, you might do the same thing, and I start to reflect back on the year and think about, you know, how did this year go? What were, what were some of the challenges, difficulties, losses, maybe failures? What were some of the blessings, some of the victories, uh, some of the gifts? And then, you know, we turn the corner into a new year. January 1st comes, and you get to look out over this whole brand new year that has nothing in it yet but hope and potential, and I haven't messed anything up yet, right? Do you have that feeling when you look at a new year and you think, okay, what can I do differently this year? So that when I get to December and I start to reflect and look back, I'll see more victories than failures, right? How, what can I change? What can I do differently? This morning what we're going to talk about is in order to walk in the new, we need to trust and obey. Amen? In order to walk in the new, we need to trust and obey. So I have, I don't really do like New Year's resolutions but I do kind of like monthly challenges. So I think about that in January. So my January challenge is I'm gonna work out for 20 minutes at least five days a week, and I'm gonna participate in the 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I've kind of been thinking about, you know, how exactly I'll, what I'll fast from this year, how much water fasting I'll do, what things I'll cut out, things like that, what workouts I'm gonna do. Of course, last week my treadmill broke, so but that's okay, I still have a bike, I have other things, it's not gonna stop me. But, but I overheard the kids talking. I heard Zach and Grace talking. Zach is 13 and Grace is 10. And Zach said to Grace, how many New Year's resolutions do you have? And Grace said, 18. So I was like, I gotta see this list. So I read the list and I asked Grace, can I share these when I preach this morning? And she said, okay, but there are a couple that I don't want you to share, but you can share the rest. So these are ones that I have permission to share. Listen, Gracie's New Year's resolutions can beat up your New Year's resolutions. <laughs> and mine too, all right? Number one, okay, post on channel. She wants to have a YouTube channel, and she wants to make videos, and she wants to post the videos on her YouTube channel. That's her number one resolution. Here are the other ones. Okay, number two, redacted. I can't share that one. Number three, be a better Christian. Four, read a Bible verse every day. Five, go outside more. Six, work out more. Seven, practice basketball more. Eight, eat healthier. Nine, don't watch so much TV. Ten, redacted. <laughs> Eleven, be, be 
be more content with what I have. 12, be a better influence around younger kids at church. 13, be more thankful. 14, be more responsible. 15, make a shot in a game. She wants to make a basket in basketball. <laughs> 16, do more art. 17, find new hobbies. 18, stop whistling. <laughs> her older sister gives her a hard time about whistling all the time. Personally, I love it, and I wished I had that joyful of an attitude all the time. But, and number 19, learn to dance. Oh, she had 19, not 18. She added learn to dance after that. So pretty good resolutions, right? So we're going to think about this. Okay, we're, we're going to think about walking in the new. And I, I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor because my kids love it when I do super cheesy things when I preach. They love it. <laughs> okay, so turn to your neighbor. If you're at home, I want you to open up your phone and open the camera, camera like you're going to take a selfie and look at yourself. Or you can do the old-fashioned way and find a mirror, look in the mirror, if people still have mirrors anymore. And you're going to say this. Say, I don't know about you, but in 2022, I'm walking in the new. Amen. Walking in the new. And I've got, I've got my new boots here that my family got me for Christmas. Pretty nice, right? To illustrate, I'm walking in the new. We're walking in the new in 2022. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Amen? In 2022, I'm walking in the new. What does walking in the new actually look like? Right? How can we tell in our lives if we're walking in the new? What does it look like? We're going to take a little inventory of our lives this morning. We're going to do a little bit of self-reflection. Pretend it's still December. We're doing a little self-reflection. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. You've probably heard of the fruit of the Spirit, right? So Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19, actually starts with what it looks like to walk in the old. It talks about the, what the works of the flesh are. It says the works of the flesh are evident. So this morning we're going to read through these works of the flesh and as we do, we're going to reflect and say, do I see any of these in my own life? Now, our temptation is to look at the ones that we're not doing and saying, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not practicing sorcery, right? So I'm doing all right. And focus on the things we're not doing. But this morning, we're going to look for the things that we might see in our own lives. So sort of a test to see if we're walking in the old or walking in the new. All right, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, which is idolatry is putting your trust or worship in anything other than God. Sometimes that's even ourselves and our own um, putting trust in our own intelligence and our own ability to reason. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. A good test on jealousy is if you have been waiting for something, and praying for something, and you have not received it, and you see someone else get it, and maybe someone you think doesn't deserve it, what happens in your heart? That's a test of jealousy. 
Can you see somebody else get something that you've been waiting and praying for and actually rejoice with them? Or does it make you miserable because you didn't get it? Fits of anger. How do you respond when people cut you off in traffic? What if somebody is rude to you on social media? How do you respond? Do you respond with, respond with grace or anger? Rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Think about divisions for a second. Do you participate in divisions in any way? Do you speak peace or do you uh, argue why you're right and everyone else is an idiot except for you, right? Envy, drunkenness. Maybe you have to rely on some sort of substance to control your emotions. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's some, some other substance. Maybe it's food, sugar that you use to control your moods. Orgies. And if we missed anything, things like these. So these are all signs of walking in the old. But then we see, okay, what are the signs of walking in the new? The new is the kingdom of God. So Paul says here, I warn you as I warned you before, he's talking about the old, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he tells you, all right, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when you do inventory of your life, are these the things that are ruling and motivating your life? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, all of these things. Is that what your life looks like? Because that is walking in the new, right? Now, this is, that's what walking in the old looks like. That's what walking in the new looks like. So how do we get from walking in the old to walking in the new? Well, we're going to take a look at a man named Joshua. And when, when God speaks this principle to Joshua that says, in order to walk in the new, you need to trust and obey. So we're going to look at what God speaks to Joshua, but first we need a little bit of background information. Okay, so some of you um, are probably very familiar with this story, and some of you really maybe have never heard of this at all. But there were a people of God called the Israelites, God's chosen people, that God chose to be the deliverers of the whole world from sin. And the Messiah actually came from this people, the Israelites. So they're supposed to bring, the, they're supposed to be the deliverers. They're supposed to be the rescuers of all humanity to bring the, the good news, the message of God, the message of deliverance. But we know that there was a period of time where the, the Israelites were actually in slavery to the Egyptians. And if you don't know very much about the Old Testament, you've probably heard about the plagues of Egypt and how God brought them out and they crossed the Red Sea miraculously. Has everybody heard of that story? The Exodus. So they were in slavery. God comes. He miraculously delivers them. But what you might not realize is that is only half the story. Exodus, or deliverance, is only half the story. The fulfillment of the story, the end of the story, is entrance into a new land, right? A land of rest and a land of victory. But the Israelites had a little bit of a problem. God miraculously brought them out. 
of the land of slavery. And they had even, when they were in slavery, they actually even began to worship the gods of Egypt. So you see in the plagues where God knocks out every one of the gods of Egypt, that the false gods that the Israelites had started to worship with the Egyptians. So he shows himself powerful. Then he calls them out and says, all right, here's the rest of your story. Entrance into a new land, a beautiful land, a promised land, a land of great abundance. This is the second part of the story, right? So, but what did the Israelites do? They sent Moses, who, who led them out of Egypt. He chose 12 leaders, a leader from each one of the tribes, and said, go check out that new land that God is giving to us, that God has promised to us and bring us back a report. And what happened? Ten of the 12 leaders came back and said, the land is amazing. It's awesome. It's beautiful. It's everything God said it would be, but it's too hard for us. We can't do it because there are giants in the land. There are battles we're going to have to fight that we can't fight. And maybe you're looking at 2022 and you're like, man, sure, it's full of hope and potential and promise, but there are battles coming in 2022 that they're too big for me. I can't fight these battles. They're giants in 2022. We better be afraid. So what did they do? Because they didn't trust God, God said, I have given you the land. You need to go in and claim what I have given you. And they said, we're not doing it because there's giants in the land and we're not strong enough. They actually said, we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we look the same to them. Now, grasshoppers, if you don't know, they were actually the smallest things that the Israelites, the smallest creatures that they were allowed to eat. So what they were saying is, they are going to eat us alive. They are huge. They're going to eat us like grasshoppers. And, and, you know, Joshua and Caleb, they were the two. They said, no, God has given us the land. He's given us victory. He's given us rest. He promised that he will give us this land. We just need to go in and claim it, and he will be with us. But the Israelites said, no, we don't trust that. We're not doing it. So doubt led to disobedience. Caleb and Joshua trusted God and said, let's do it. Let's obey him. Everybody else said, no, we can't. I doubt our own ability. I doubt our own strength. My focus is on the giants. My focus is on the battles we're going to have to fight in order to take the land. And I know we're not strong enough. Let's not do it. So because of that, they spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. They were stuck in the wilderness instead of walking in the new, instead of walking in the promised land because they did not trust and obey. So that brings us to our scripture here. And, and you have to understand that the, the Old Testament is a book of history, right? These things really happened. The Israelites are a real people group that God called in history. These things really happened to them. But also the amazing thing about scripture is it's a picture of our own spiritual life. Every one of us was a slave to sin. And every one of us, God provided a way to deliver us from that sin. He provided a way for us to enter into the new, to walk into the new land. And every one of us is faced with a decision, doubt that leads to disobedience, or trust, which leads to obedience. All right, so, so God comes to Joshua, and it's time to take the new land. 
The time of wandering in the wilderness is over. Hallelujah. The old is gone. It's time to walk into the new land. Put on your new boots. It's a new day. It's a new year. Time to walk in a new land. So Joshua chapter 1 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, who was Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. The old is gone. Moses is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So God's saying, I have given you this land, and you need to claim it. You need to walk in and take it. Now, it may sound a little bit mean that God is saying, go wipe this people out and drive them out of their land and take it over. You might think that's a little bit mean. But these people, you have to understand, were unbelievably wicked and ungodly. It would be like saying, well, isn't that mean of God to wipe out Hitler and the Nazis? Isn't that kind of mean for him to take over the land that's theirs, right? It's the same thing. They were evil, evil people who did horrible things to other people. They were very wicked, and God had been patient with them for a very long time. And now he said, enough is enough. I can't allow you to keep being this wicked. I'm driving you out of the land, and I'm going to make it a land where I will dwell with my people in rest and in safety. And you can see that even the people in the land, they had opportunity to turn to God and be saved. We see that with the prostitute Rahab very early in the book of Joshua. She turns to God, and she actually was saved from destruction. Everybody had that opportunity. But those who chose to stay in their wickedness, God said, enough is enough. I'm wiping them out. We're taking over this land. All right? So then um, it conti God continues. We're in verse 5 here. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you will cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. I'm going to tell you something. I am here this morning to cause you to inherit the land that God has given you. I want you to walk in the new in 2022. Amen? All right. God says this only. He gives a stipulation here. Be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do all, that the, all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book of the law, all right, shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For, say for, this is the result. If you will be strong and courageous, trusting that God is with you and that he keeps his promises, and if you will obey the word of God, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen? I'm going to say that again. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. God is with us wherever we go. Now, he, he promises a couple things here. He promises prosperity and success, right? So we might think, yes, I'm going to be rich. Money, prosperity, and success. Well, really, when we look at prosperity and success in the Old Testament, prosperity has to do with successful endeavors. So an example of that is when Jacob sent his servant to get a wife for his son Isaac, and the servant was prosperous in that journey, he was successful. He brought back a wife, the wife that God had chosen. That was prosperity. That was a successful endeavor. And the word success here actually has to do with wisdom, insight, and understanding. So when God is saying you will be prosperous and successful, yes, often it has to do, I mean, if you look at Abraham, he was a very wealthy man. Often it does have to do with actual material wealth. But what the, the foundation of this is, is that you will have successful endeavors, be successful in the things God called you to, and you will have wisdom and insight and understanding. Pretty awesome, right? Who wants wisdom and insight and understanding and successful endeavors? This is how you do it. You trust and obey. You trust that God is with you. You trust that he keeps his promises, and you obey what he calls, us, calls you to do. Now, each one of us today is in one of three places. We are either stuck in Egypt, still in slavery to sin. And if you are stuck in Egypt, in slavery to sin, Jesus died so that you could be free, and today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that you can say yes to Jesus and get out of that land of slavery to sin. Now, some of us are stuck in the wilderness. We've been delivered from our sin, but we're still operating in doubt and disobedience. So we're wandering around and around and around the same wilderness over and over again, stuck, not walking in the new. We might have one foot in Egypt still, like, come on, God, can't get, I'm stuck in this wilderness, right? Or some of us are walking in the new. We're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Now the truth is, it's probably not all or nothing one of these places because there are probably areas in your life where you are fully walking in the new. You're walking in faith and trust and obedience, but there are other areas where you got one foot stuck back here in the wilderness and you're like, I don't know if God's going to do it. I don't know if he's going to come through. I don't know if he can. I don't know if he's going to be with me. I don't know if I'm going to have success. That one foot's still stuck in the wilderness, right? Stuck. I can't get out. I can't get out. How do we get out? Trust and obey. Yes, you got it. Trust and obey. So we're going to look at this. Now, I want you to understand, all the way in the end of Scripture, in the book of Revelation, second to the last chapter, Jesus says this. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy 
and true. He is making all things new. Now, I want you to think about what happened when Joshua and the Israelites came into this new land, this promised land. They didn't get the whole land all at once, did they? They won it one battle at a time. And the only time they lost was when they disobeyed what God told them to do. When they were walking in obedience, they won one battle and the next battle and the next battle, one at a time until they occupied the entire land. And that's how God works in our lives too. We win one battle at a time, one battle at a time. Start walking in the new, one thing at a time. So this is what we're going to do this morning. In order to walk in the new, we need to trust and obey. Think about what would 2022 look like if I chose to trust and obey. Now we're going to get really specific with this. So if you have a phone that has notes, open that up. If you have a pen and a paper, get that out. Write this down. If you don't have any way to record it right now, make the commitment right now in your heart, in your mind. And then as soon as you have a way to write it down, write it down. And you're going to choose two things. You're going to say, all right, where in my life am I still struggling? Where in my life do I still feel like I'm stuck in the wilderness? Maybe it's in your marriage your relationship with your spouse. Maybe it's in some other relationships. Maybe it's in your finances or your job. Maybe it's in your attitude. Maybe it's in your health. Where are you struggling? What are some areas where you're still stuck in the wilderness? And then I want you to ask this. Okay, I'm stuck in the wilderness when it comes to my health. All right? I'm battling chronic illness, and I never have any energy. I can't seem to lose weight. I'm stuck. I'm in the wilderness in my health. And I want you to ask yourself, am I trusting God and walking in obedience when it comes to my health? And if not, I want you to write that down. I am going to trust God, and I'm going to obey him when it comes to being a steward of my health. That's what I'm going to commit to today. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe you feel stuck in your finances. You say, I'm, I am struggling with my finances. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, am I trusting God and am I obeying him when it comes to my finances? Do I give when he tells me to give? Do I buy things I can't afford because I want them now? All right, today I'm going to make the commitment. In my finances, I'm going to trust and obey. If it's a relationship that you're struggling with, I want you to stop and think, am I trusting God and obeying him in this relationship? Am I responding? Am I fighting fire with fire? Or am I returning evil with kindness? If, so, if somebody's rude to me, I would say my spouse, but my, my husband is never rude to me. Dan is just the sweetest guy ever, right? He never does anything wrong. But maybe, I don't know, maybe your spouse isn't so great. So maybe they do, do wrong things. Maybe they say hurtful things sometimes. So what do you do? Do you say, well, you know what? That hurt me. I can hurt you more. I got the dirt on you. I know all your weaknesses. I know all your trigger points. I'm going to get you back. Or do we say, Lord, give me the grace 
to encourage, to uplift, to respond in kindness. So this morning, I'm asking you to choose two things, two areas you're struggling and say, I'm going to commit in these areas to trust and obey. And I don't know about you, but in 2022, I'm walking in the new. Amen? All right. We're going to have a worship song before we close. So the worship team's going to come forward. And as they do, I'm just going to pray for you that God will show you the steps that you need to take, the areas where you need to trust and obey, and that he would give you the follow-through that whatever he calls you to, that you will step into that new land and say, God promised me rest. He promised me victory. He promised me that I will walk in the new and I'm going to trust and obey. Amen? Lord Jesus, I just pray that every single person who is here today, every person who is watching us online, Lord, let your hand be on them. Open their eyes to the areas where they need to trust and obey. Open their eyes to the areas where they are walking in doubt and in disobedience. And prick their hearts and say, this is where you need to trust me. This is where you need to walk in obedience. For all of those who are stuck in slavery to sin in the land of Egypt, I just pray that you would prick their hearts, call their hearts that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day to say, Jesus, I just give it all over to you. I'm done trying to do it on my own. I put it in your hands. I give it to you. And for those areas where we are stuck in the wilderness, I just pray a, a supernatural ability to stand up against these battles and say, I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to walk in the new. I'm not going to fight my 2022 battles the way I fought in 2020 or 2021 because it's a new day. I'm going to fight in a new way. I'm not going to rely on my own wisdom. I'm not going to rely on my own strength. I'm not going to rely on my own ability, but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to obey anything you ask me to do. I'm not holding anything back. Whatever you ask me to do, I'm going to obey. And I know that when I do, I will walk in the new, in the victory that you have bought for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that, Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owed. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you do that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.